The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-Shirts. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. guys, welcome to another episode of All My Favorite People, and thank you so much for joining me for our summer series. So maybe you know me, maybe you don't, but back in 2004, I had my son Hayden, and he is 17 now, and he's going to be a junior in high school, or no, senior, oh, senior in high school next year, it's crazy. So He's actually taking his AP exams this morning, and it's just crazy that we're already here in the stage. Can I just tell you, as a mom, it goes so fast, you guys. If you're in the stages where they're little, man, they say that the years are short and the days are long, and that is 100% the truth. It goes by so quickly. So squeeze those babies cherish them, make the most of every of those, every one of those little, like little moments that you're having with them because they're 17. You blink your eyes and they're 17. It's crazy. So, you know, just want to share a little bit about how I became a single mom and kind of some of the lies that I bought into as a young woman and just sharing that really as like a cautionary tale for some of you ladies who might not be moms yet, and maybe you're in a relationship, or you're the kind of girl who just hooks up, and you're you've bought into hookup culture. Um, this is for you today, so I hope you enjoy it. Basically, when I was uh, 17, I lost my virginity. I was a junior in high school. I was my own son's age. Oh my gosh, oh, that's crazy, um, and. Uh, I had grown up in church and I knew better and I had really bought in and I didn't even realize it until like literally years and years and years later, but I had really bought into this kind of feminist lie, if you will, that women can be promiscuous and, you know, we could be like the guys and just do whatever we wanted and there's really no consequences for that. And so coming full circle and now having these conversations with my own children um, has really helped me kind of reframe and realize that maybe there's a better way for us to communicate why it's so important that sex is between a man and one woman um, and why we can kind of reframe it as more of a soul conversation versus a um, just don't do it because I said so and the Bible says so. So while that is so true and that, um, you know, the way that God intended for us to live was, you know, one man being married to one woman and sex being a part of that relationship. Um, like I said, I had kind of bought into this feminist lie that I could just sleep with whoever I wanted and there were no repercussions for that. 
but there are repercussions and there were repercussions. So I found myself actually in um, a domestic violence situation when I was 19 years old. I was in a relationship with a much older guy who um, had never shown signs of you know, physical abuse, but there was definitely a lot of mental abuse going on that, you know, at the age of 19, I don't even think I realized that's what was happening. Um, but I had gotten into a place just socially where, you know, I was with different guys, um, and within like short periods of time. And so, you know, I was in this relationship with this guy and I had already been essentially had primed and treated like, you know, for lack of a better term, a piece of meat, you know, a conquest, <laughs> you know, someone to attain versus a person to be in relationship with and love. And I found myself in a domestic violence situation where he eventually went from being verbally abusive to putting his hands on me. And thankfully, um, I had the presence of mind at 19 years old to know that that's not cool and I'm not going to stand for that. And that's just not how I want to live my life. And so I was able to quickly leave that relationship and get out of there. And so thankfully, you know, I had parents that I could come back home to. And, you know, it, it was years and years and years later that I finally shared that that is actually what had happened in that relationship. But all of that to say, again, I had bought into this lie that there were no consequences to my actions when I was choosing to live promiscuously. And um, what ended up happening just shortly thereafter was that I had moved to Orlando and kind of got caught up in the party night time going out scene um, and met someone immediately started a relationship with them and sleeping with them. And then um, not very long thereafter, just a couple months later, we broke up. And then six weeks after that, I found out I was pregnant. And um, I was really, really scared. I had grown up, like I said, in church. I knew better. Um, this was not what I had foreseen for myself. I had always wanted to be a mom. I loved the idea of being a mom and having my own kids. And like that just literally was always something that I, I wanted so, so bad. Um, but I didn't want it in this way. But I had also not made any good choices to that point to not set myself up for that. So here I am, 20 years old, found myself to be pregnant. Um, and if I'm being really honest with you guys, because that's really what I try to do here, I remember this is kind of one of those like moments that I still carry some guilt and shame around. And so um, I remember being at home, knowing I'm pregnant, scared out of my mind, 20 years old, and praying for a miscarriage, which is gross and disgusting. And I realized that. But again, I'm just being honest. And I was just, I didn't know what my life was going to look like. I didn't know if I could tell my parents or my family. I didn't know how they would respond. And so um, the gentleman, I 
guess I could call him that, uh, gave me money to have an abortion and I couldn't do it. And I just relegated to the fact that I'm going to have this baby. I'm going to be a single mom. And I guess I'm going to have to really lean hard on the Lord and (laughs) have him take care of me again because I didn't know what I was going to do otherwise. And it really was kind of that first step back towards Christ for me. Um, I had very much walked away from what I had been taught and what I had learned as a child um, and just been expected to do and be um, when I was living at home with my parents. And so the conversation, I think, unfortunately, to that point had always been like, the Bible says it, God doesn't want you to have sex before marriage. Don't do it. Uh, Don't do it because I said so. And I'm sorry, mom and dads out there, that probably isn't going to work. Like, especially in the culture that we're living in today, just telling your kid don't do it, (laughs) it's not enough. And so in this conversation that I've been having with my own kids, I've really been kind of having the conversation more from the, from the aspect of your soul and not to be all woo woo and not about what Christ wants for us because he does want purity for us. And he does want that wholeness and that beautiful, just amazing relationship that comes with, within the context of marriage um, and that safety that you get within the context of marriage. But you know, our kids these days, they're hearing things from all over. And sometimes reframing things can really help. And so, of course, we're teaching the biblical definition of sex to our kids. But I'm also using words like soul because I think that resonates. And it's a, it's a tangible almost way of understanding what we're really talking about here. So, for example, with my 17-year-old, you know, he's in his first dating relationship, but the day will probably come whether that's when he's married or let's be honest, we're all human and it could happen beforehand. Do I want that for him? No, I want him to experience sex within the confines of a marriage relationship. But I think explaining to him that Essentially, what happens when you have sex with someone is that your souls intertwine. And now there's a piece of you with that person forever and ever. And you have a piece of that person forever and ever. There's been so much emotional, real damage from previous relationships that now I'm carrying that with me into my marriage. And that's just not fair to my husband And there's work that needs to be done that needed to be done to get me to a place where I'm fully present and able to give that of myself in a way that um, is honest and true and present in the moment. I don't know if any of you other ladies have experienced this, um, if you had had relationships before your husband that were sexually active relationships do you find yourself not present in the moment and, you know, do things fester and have things harbored themselves within you from your past relationships that now you're bringing into what should be 
a pure and loving relationship in the context of marriage. So we just have the conversation more so around kind of the junk that having sex with multiple people over the course of your, you know, teen and young adult years, what that really brings into this perfect union that Christ, you know, intended for us to be in. And I know this is like not everyone's story and not everyone has a teenager that they're necessarily having these conversations with, but maybe you have a 12 year old or a 13 year old that's ready for these conversations. Maybe you have little ones and this is just like a good thing to keep in the back of your mind because uh, this conversation will need to happen (laughs) eventually one day. So my encouragement to you is just be honest about your own story with your kids. I think a lot of times as parents, we're afraid to share our junk and our details because we think that our kids are going to follow in our footsteps or somehow that condones what we've done. And I think as long as we're approaching it and explaining it in a way that shares with our kids that, you know, this is a cautionary tale and these things did not go well for me because I made these choices that weren't biblically sound choices in the way that God really wants me to live my life in a way that honors him where my body is a temple and I choose purity because even though it's the harder choice, it's the more fulfilling choice in the long run. So my encouragement is Have these conversations, have these really hard and awkward conversations with your children. Um, And the more you broach these subjects, you know, dipping your toe in and kind of seeing their comfortability level, the easier these conversations become over the years. And it doesn't turn into, oh my gosh, they're 16 and we have to have this conversation. You've been having them little by little and it just makes it a whole lot easier. That's my little parenting tip for the day. But let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much just for the way that you've designed us to be in covenant relationship with the person that you've chosen for each one of us, Father. Lord, I pray that as parents, we have boldness and just come to you, Lord, look to you for the answers to these hard questions that our kids ask us. And just point them to you and the covenant and marriage relationship that you desire for them to have, Lord, and that you've modeled in scripture. Lord, I pray that as we navigate the world that our children are growing up in, Lord, that we would just be open to getting on their level, Lord, and being empathetic to their situation and to the culture that is so pervasive around them, Father that we would understand as parents that we can't completely protect our children from everything, but we can give them a firm foundation in you, Father, so that when they grow old, they will choose those wise choices, Lord, for themselves because they know that that is God-honoring, Lord, and that at the end of the day, their desire is to just live in your will, Father, and not in their own will. I pray that we just have this boldness as parents and a softened heart to the realities of what our children are dealing with these days. And I pray these things in your mighty son's name. Amen. Thanks again for joining me, guys. I'll see you next time.
I will make your name famous from now on, so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you like today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.